Hello, brothers, sisters, those who prefer to be unlabeled. Welcome to Electric Trash Radio, www.electrictrashradio.com. Broadcasting from Columbus, Ohio. And my uh, headquarters here, located miles under the Earth's crust. Along with Satan. (laughs) Um, Okay, so... Um, I'm alone today, alone this episode, but don't feel bad for me. I Giuseppe just had some uh, other plans that, uh, okay, he blew me off. Giuseppe, if you're listening, I need you here. Mainly because he stopped me from saying too crazy of things, but I think all bets are off on this episode. So, um, I wanted to talk about like the stigma of being alone. You know, Especially on a radio show. There's like a lot of radio personalities out there that talk for hours and hours alone like Rush Limbaugh now, you know Rush Limbaugh for for whatever he's worth or not worth you know like I'm, I'm just like if that Yahoo can do it I can probably do it um once again I really just like to have Giuseppe here because Giuseppe has a tendency to reel me in that I appreciate this is like something I need out of people in my life um like that innate ability to hold on I'm I'm I have a you know and I'm, I'm alone right now so I'm smoking the schmutz the schmutz is code for schmutz, for those of you who don't know. So, one sec, one second. Just bear with me. Normally, there's someone else here to fill in the gaps, but I was also worried about I was like, when am I going to breathe? Because uh, when Giuseppe's here and I have to breathe from talking too much, he usually has something quippy to say or something good to say. So, bear with me one second. Keep doing whatever you're doing with your hands and such. Okay. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's how we get a show going. Oh yeah, okay. But you don't, have you ever thought it's weird, like how in our society there's such a stigma from being alone? Like, and I feel it too. Like, you know, when someone tells you they're doing something alone, like, oh, I'm gonna go see a movie alone, or I'm gonna go to the park alone. You're just kind of like, oh, oh, like why are you doing that, little guy? Why, why are you doing that alone? You know. Uh, I, I've been doing a lot of research on just being comfortable with being alone and uh, there's this bald guy on YouTube that kind of looks like Billy Corrigan and he does these, it's kind of weird, he does like these like talks about being alone and being comfortable alone and and he does it in front of a black backdrop which is really weird because he's like bald and he's a white dude and then like being in front of like a black backdrop and I think he's even wearing a black turtleneck so it has a very like improv theater kind of look to it. And I'm just like, that's just not a good look. Like, you know, if you don't have... He looks like an egg, like a floating egg in a black background, just giving you life advice on how to be comfortable being alone. Mm. Yeah, but but he says some really good stuff. Like, oh, man, he said this one thing. He was like... Uh, he said... This is like one of his cures for being being comfortable alone. He goes, all right, go camping. Like, get a tent and go camping. No technology. Don't take any technology with you. And he's like, go camping out in the wilderness for 10 days by yourself. Commuting with yourself and your thoughts. 
And uh, I know a lot of us, we can't even handle our thoughts for like 10 minutes, let alone 10 days without any sort of technology. Uh, uh, are you going to go without YouTube for 10 days? Are you going to go without Reddit for 10 days? Reddit? YouTube? Facebook? Any of them? MySpace? Tumblr? I don't know. That's all I can think of right now. Um, I digress. But, uh, like 10 days out in the wilderness and I started to think about it. Cause at the time I was going through a rough patch in life, you know, like we all do. And I was like, could I do 10 days in the wilderness? So I went and told a friend, I was like, I was like, I'm thinking about doing, you know, 10 days in the wilderness. I think I said seven cause there was no way in hell I was going to go 10. So I was like, okay, t- seven days in the wilderness. And uh, she was like, don't do that. You're, you're going to die out there. Like you'll die. And I'm just like, what do you mean? Like, you know, I'd probably still take my phone, but I'd probably leave it in the trunk of the car. You know, I'm not going to take my phone and, you know, I can't, you got to have your phone. I'm sorry, guys. Like, you know, like generations before us have died because they didn't have a phone that they could take with us. You know, like uh, you got to have the phone with you. I'm so sorry. You don't have to be on it every second of the day like some of us are. And, uh, you know, a phone's a tool. That's how you should look at it. I was telling a friend of mine, like, you know, uh, a carpenter doesn't walk around all day with their hammer, so you shouldn't walk around all day with your phone or staring at your phone or dicking with your phone or whatever. Um, yeah, but the whole being alone thing, like, like, uh, like, and I feel it too, like, whenever I'm home alone and I don't have any plans and it's like, oh, what am I going to do? Am I just going to, is this going to be another night where I just binge Shark Tank? I do Ben Shark Tank. I'm starting to realize why all those AM guys on the rail yell real loud. I find myself doing it. Because it, if you can yell loud enough and it reverberates off the wall back to you, you don't feel alone. <laughs> mm. I feel like a bat I'm using echolocation. Uh, but yeah, like, like, I feel it too. Like when I'm alone and it's like this. I think if I had to describe it, it would be like like something in your chest right like like your heart's kind of broken or maybe maybe you're having thoughts of doubt or and stuff like that that you wish you could really just drown out like me me repressing my negative thoughts is like a full-time job you know um i've had to work really hard at it and get really really um I, I slowly am replacing those negative thoughts in my head that tell me I either can't do this or I suck or it tells me other people suck. Like, you ever see, like, a dude? You ever, you know, I think Louis C.K. talked about this. Um, whatever your feelings of Louis C.K. are, like, put those aside for just a second. But, um, like, you know, you're at the doctor's office and, like, a guy walks in and you're just, like, look. You're like thinking, you're like, look at this guy, he's so stupid. Look at his stupid white shoes. What an idiot. Stupid white shoes, asshole. <laughs> like, you're just thinking that and you don't even know why. I think I said that to somebody in my past. I always say somebody because I don't like to name names on the radio. A lot of people are, oh, uh, like, I've gotten in trouble in the past by saying someone's name on a podcast and it got to them and it got back to me. And I wasn't even saying anything really bad <laughs> about him. But, uh, you know, like, those negative thoughts, like, that's something I've always had to fight with. Oh, anyway, the person who I was talking about, they were talking to me, and they were like, uh, they were like, I don't have those thoughts at all. And I was like, oh. It's like, wow. I don't know how you and I can even relate right now. Because <laughs> I have negative thoughts all the damn time. 
you know it's a constant battle to to ground myself and to really think about what I say and to put it through a filter and make it so that my fellow human beings can not be a, not be upset with what I'm saying you know especially like I'm, I'm a curious mind by nature and I think a lot of people are um, and and I think that curiosity a lot of times gets us into trouble if we're not careful, you know. And, you know, I'm speaking from, from my own experience of just making a lot of past mistakes and, like, losing a lot of people in life or not building the type of relationship I wanted with people in life. You know, it was, it was a really hard thing at times. So, um... Being alone is a practice, and being positive is a practice. You know, you ever having a bad, or you ever have having a bad day where you're just depressed, and somebody just tells you, "Think positive, think positive," and it's like, if it was that easy, it was. If it was a damn light switch, we could flick. We'd all be positive all the time, wouldn't we? <laughs> but it's not a light switch that you can flick. It's a practice and a discipline, and I wish everyone could replace in their category, or vernacular, or vocabulary, rather. Like, replace the idea of be positive with put in the work to be positive. That's the hard part. And it's like, well, how do you do that? Um, damn, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I do things all the time to stay positive. I journal. I journal and criticize my... Or cri not criticize. I journal out my thoughts. Or, and then I go back and read them another time when I'm in a different mood. And I I slowly start... I, I edit myself. So I'll look at what I wrote and be like, this is kind of negative. This is kind of negative. How can we reframe here? You know. And then I do it. And then I repeat the process over and over. There are times I wake up and I'm sad for no good reason. Like, I just feel it in my chest, you know? Like, some people call it depression, but, you know, um, if that is depression, I think a lot of people have it, where you just wake up and you don't feel like getting out of bed or you feel like you don't want to tackle the world that day. And you're just like, I'd rather just stay under these covers and not go. See, I think so, I think some people like like I get like that, but I think a lot there's a lot of people out there that get like way worse than me, you know. And that's that's the people I really feel for because I, I still think I managed to get out of bed and do a pretty good job. Like, not I'm not a complete shit human being, you know. Like, like <laughs> with a lot of fucking practice, you know. I journal a lot and I read and I review myself and my thoughts and how I think about things and I ask my I write down why are you sad and I talk I talk about it with myself I write write it all down and you know I'm lucky because like I'm lucky because I have a lot of tools at my disposal like this like this podcast for me in a sense is like ways for me to write things down but I'm doing it in audio format which is way fucking easier because anyone who knows me knows I don't shut up. I just talk and 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 talk. And then I talk some more. And then I talk about why I was talking. It drives the average person probably Looney Tunes. You know, like, 
like uh, the older I get, I'm starting to wonder if I'm a better person in small doses because of how I, I've, I have such a curious, curious analytical mind that I've come to appreciate um, through no easy effort. And I can go and I can go into why that is. Like I think I know I know why I am, you know. I know I why I do things and why I say things. But that took a long time to figure out. And I still think there's always more to learn. I'm learning like when I should shut up more than anything. But then it's confusing to people, right? Because I put out a podcast like this. I work really, really hard on it. And we just talk and talk and talk. And then when they get me in real life, I'm just like not talking at all. And they're like, is everything okay, Adam? Like, is everything okay? Yeah, everything's okay. Everything's okay. I'm just a quiet guy. <laughs> and I say that and like people either get that that response or they're bewildered by it. I don't blame them for being bewildered by it. I I'm bewildered by myself sometimes. I think I think I I view myself as a reporter. Like I observe and report um but I report on on things like this. But if I get to know you well enough, I'll talk to you like I'm talking to you now. Um, this is how I talk to the people that are closest to me. Like, uh, I do a lot of different art forms. And a lot of art, those art forms require me tapping into different personalities, especially when it comes to music and things like that. And I wear a lot of different hats. I wear a lot of different hats. <laughs> Want to do the Chris Hemsworth? What? Chris Hemsworth's like really low. Hi. He's like, hi, hi, I'm Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Maybe, uh, uh, anyway. I didn't bring you here to do accents. That's for dang sure. But, uh, yeah, like, being alone is a practice. Being positive is a practice. And a lot of times it's hard work. And if you're, if, if you wake up and you feel lonely, or you're the type of person that feels lonely in a crowded room, you know, you're just kind of backs against the wall and you just feel real lonely and you're just watching everyone else interact. Like, just know you aren't alone. There's people out there just like you that are feeling exactly what you feel. And they may not be with you there in the room, but they're with you in spirit. And there's a lot of similar things we all go through. A lot of similar emotions we all go through. So... Fucking take care of yourself. All right, disclaimer. So if you're offended easily by a conversation or difficult ideas or things that just don't, don't, you know, like jive with you. If, you. if you don't have a curious mind that wishes to be offended occasionally, you should take your listening device and throw it in the Grand Canyon. It's a long way down. It's going to splash eventually because I think there's water at the Grand Canyon. Somewhere in the bottom. Someone told me you could ride a donkey there too, which sounds really dope. I think I think we all have a bucket list, right, of animals we want to ride before we die. I'm donkeys on mine. Like put my ass on an ass. Like there's something got to be be timeless about riding a donkey. Just the sound. Like the what is the sound that it makes? Like he Yeah. Like that sound? Does it make that sound? I can't do a good donkey sound. I refuse to. It's going to hurt my throat. 
I could do a killer donkey sound, but nobody wants to hear that. I don't want to hear it or do it. Uh, moving on. Uh, this is noteworthy just because I don't like to talk about COVID too much on this show because God knows we all need a break from it. We're experiencing it every day, so I'd like for this podcast to be a break from COVID. But I had to comment about this one. Um, I had to stop and get gas, right? And I happened to drive by a gentleman's club. A gentleman's club here in Columbus. And uh, I, I guess I won't even go as far as to say which gentleman's club because I myself am a gentleman and I don't like to name names. So I drove by a gentle, gentleman's club, by which I mean a strip club, and I was shocked to see that it was open. There was guys running into the door. The lights, the neon lights were on full blast, you know, and like, I was like, I was like, really? Like, like, it's COVID. <laughs> like, and then part of me is curious what that scene looks like, you know, because you go in there, like, you know, I, I, there's probably just state, they're not doing lap dances, right? They can't be doing lap dances. That's like totally anti-COVID behavior, like, if they're doing that. And also, it's, it's like real curious, like, at what point are you willing to risk your life for your, your boner? Like, does your boner take precedent over your life? Oh, man. I, Well, and there's two types of guys that go to gentlemen's club. I frequented gentlemen's clubs in my early 20s. Um, it's not something I would do now, but it's not exactly something I wish I could take back because I think there was a lot of, let's just call it early life lessons. <laughs> were learned in the strip clubs, gentlemen's clubs, uh, area, you know, and, uh, like, <laughs> uh, well, okay, Steve, this is where I need someone to stop me, uh, or should I keep going? Anyway, uh, like, like, the first time I ever went to a gentleman's club, I was probably 18, which meant I couldn't drink alcohol. So when I went into the gentleman's club, they, they this is their deal. When you go to the gentleman's club when you're 18, strip club, they make you uh, wear a neon shirt to identify you as a minor, but they make you buy the neon shirt at the door. So you're buying your own scarlet letter. So you... You're underage, they're like, okay, buy this shirt, it's 20, 25 bucks. And you're like, you're a dumb kid, so you're like, holy crap, okay. And you buy it, and you put it on. So, And you go into the strip club, gentleman's club, and you're the only dude out of probably like 20 dudes. There might be either your friends or like somebody else, but like you were definitely like a, a mass minority there. And you have this bright-ass neon shirt on, and that neon shirt basically says, I'm a baby. And like... <laughs> the girls know not to even come near you because they know you don't have money and, and uh, they know not to serve you alcohol. But more importantly, it just kind of like points out that you're a dweeb, like a young dweeb. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there there's two types of dudes that go to the strip club. Gentlemen's club. And some of them are not gentlemen. That's why some people go, some guys go to the gentlemen's club and some guys go to the strip club. Because there is an etiquette, guys. Okay. Uh, the, the one people goes, <laughs> there's, okay, so two types of dudes. One dude 
you're super horny and like you do get a boner when you go to strip clubs and i am not that guy i am not that guy i don't run with those guys but i have seen those guys in the club so those that you and some of these guys go alone a lot of these guys go alone they don't even go with a buddy or anything like that like you know which is super which is creepy to me but uh i you know who am i to judge because someone else is going to call me creepy for going to the the gentleman's club in the first place you know what i'm saying so the there's guys that really legitimately get turned on at the strip clubs and then there's guys that go and the other type of guy is the guy who goes and knows it's a gag right so you're like going you're like ha ha there's girls here there's boobs here you know and like um you're kind of making friends with the girls and like but see to the creepy guys the creepy guys just think like oh they're gonna get to bang those girls like that they're eyeing you from across the room and you know just because you told a dumb poop joke or like talked about how i don't know there was yet maybe you had a booger hanging out your nose you just didn't care you know and you, you're talking to them like they're people, which sounds absurd. This sounds absurd. I know it sounds crazy, but it's like when you go to a, um, you know, you might go to the restaurant and treat the server like shit. You know, you might be someone like that. Or you might go to the restaurant, order food, and uh, actually have a great conversation with the server or make them laugh or you have a good rapport or whatever. Um, and you're just jiving. Same thing happens in gentlemen's clubs, okay? Like, so you talk to the girls. I got a good... F- oh, wait. Ugh, I better not name names on this one. Okay, I, I'm going to call this guy Johnny Five. Okay. So my friend Johnny Five... Yeah, that should be safe. I think that's safe. Johnny Five was actually a name of a guy I used to know a long time ago. But we're just going to put his name here. And I can't remember why we called that guy Johnny Five. So I think it's perfect. So, my friend Johnny Five, he he says uh, uh, the strip club isn't like, or the gentleman's club isn't exactly what most people think it is. It's a, uh, you know, you go there, you have a beer with your friend, and then it's like you look up and there's like, oh, there's there's boobs there. Like, thank you, thank you for what you do. And then you go back talking to your buddy about whatever the hell you were talking about, mutual funds or like. Uh, I don't know, like, who has the best eggs in town. It's dumb conversation like that. And I'm, I'm sure the flip happens at, like, Thunder from Down Under. I've never been to Thunder from Down Under, but I want to go. Because, like, I just think of the pageantry, the showmanship, the... the uh, of course, there's dudes with big dongs, and they're shaking them in their little... Uh, little, uh, you know, their little skips there doing the helicopter or whatever they do uh magic mike and i just want to go because I, I love showmanship of all regards okay i love i love drag shows i love plays i love musicals i love symphonies i love i love the museum i love to look at art you know and like sexual provocative art is really cool you know like 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 i'm definitely straight i'm i'm a straight dude quote unquote i'm a heterosexual guy you know but the showmanship i mean those dudes are up there working it okay so at thunder from down under it's the same thing right there's like there's i'm sure there's two types of people that go there it works on the other side of the the uh male female spectrum and everything in between and everything outside of it you know like uh 
like I had a roommate, a gay dude who loved Thunder from Down Under, and that's how I got introduced to it. And I did think it was kind of dope. <laughs> um, everyone's googling Thunder from Down Under. Take your grandma to Thunder from Down Under. She'd probably love it. Oh man, my mom's birthday is coming up. That's why I should tell my dad to get. Yeah, I'm gonna tell him that because he asked today. He's like, hey, what sh- what should I get your mother for? Uh... <laughs> my dad was like, hey, what should I get your mother for? Uh for her birthday and uh my sister texted back and she was like um ask her and then uh my dad replies we don't talk (laughs) uh (laughs) i don't know it's a dad joke i think it's funny uh so i'm gonna get her i'm gonna tell him to get her tickets from thunder from down under mom deserves to see a couple like you know dongs flapping about you know tackle the dong whatever you want to do you can appreciate the dong laugh at the dong giggle that's what they're for as far as i can tell can't hang coats on it i'll tell you that i've tried doesn't work doesn't hold up the coat maybe some guys do but can go for you but uh yeah mine doesn't but anyway covid strip club shame on you covid gentlemen's club close it down uh Get the girls on unemployment or something. My lord. Do they not get unemployment? They got to, right? Oh, anyway, I don't know how, what's going on. Um, I was in the pool, t- pool hall the other day. I talk about the pool hall a lot. Love the pool hall. Love pool. I could do, I could rant on pool forever as to why I'm into it. But I'm not going to do that. Today the story will be about the people I meet in the pool hall and what a facet of why I really love the game. So I went in the pool hall. I, I shoot at Suzy Q's. I've been known to. And uh, I was playing alone on a nine-foot table. I was just kind of running some drills and... Getting better at pool is always something I'm very serious about. I'd love to go pro eventually. I'd love to do some big tournaments. Big tournaments. And uh, there's this dude, uh, older fellow, who was shooting. And he was shooting on the nine-footer next to me. And, I, you know, I always kind of scan about and see who can shoot. Because if I can see someone who shoot it, that's the person I want to play. Especially if I think they're better than me. But, um... So, I'm drilling. He's just shooting whatever. He's not that good. I, I kind of watch him out of the corner of my eye, and he's like, um, he's like shaking real bad, and you know he can't hold the stick level, and and he's kind of like real jittery. You know, he just he can't shoot like the age the age he's at. Like he just doesn't have the dexterity, and but he's there at the pool table. He's trying. You know, he's he's doing it. So I play. I don't know. I drill a bit longer. I think he's probably there about a half an hour. And I'm, you know, on my table, I'm just throwing balls in. I'm throwing balls in the buckets. Like, because I probably warmed up for about an hour. And uh, I'm just throwing balls in the buckets on this nine footer. Like, doom, 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 you know. And he comes up to me. He goes, uh, he's like, hey, you want to, you want to shoot a game? And I, I was like, sure. Like, absolutely I do. Because like, I always love playing older fellows on the table. Um, just, just it's a game of experience, and and 
especially if an older older person's like you want to shoot a game i'm like absolutely i do every time every time every time i do because i know you've seen a lot so and i was playing this guy he first game we play we don't exchange a lot of words i usually don't the first couple games i play i don't talk to the person a lot because i'm still trying to feel out whether or not i want to continue with them usually it's because um some people are really good on the pool table but they lack social etiquette so they're talking the whole time or they they just won't shut up or they just want to get to know me anyone who knows me anyone who knows me knows I'm there to shoot I don't talk much around the pool table uh, generally speaking unless I really really like you because I've shot so many games at this point so so many hours on the pool table a lot of people I don't even remember I played uh, played this dude like a month ago and uh, we played two games and uh, he goes you don't do you remember me and I was like I was like no like I'm sorry I don't I, I play a lot of people in pool like like on on a given day off I can play maybe five or six different people um through through big effort on my own part but anyway so this guy I'm playing like you know he's an older fellow and he's shaking shaking like a leaf and and uh the first game I play him I just annihilate him just annihilate him don't talk to him just like kill him and he's like, you want to go again? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And uh, the second game, I, I annihilated him again. Just I think he only had one shot. And, you know, he missed because he was shaking like a leaf. And I had this weird philosophical uh, issue at the table. And these these issues actually arise more often than, than I, I think a lot of players discuss. But I started to have the thought, I was like, I was like, okay, like, the reason why I annihilated that guy the first two games is because I think he just wanted to see me play up close. Like, he, I was on the table next to him and drilling. He, he was seeing me just make buckets, make buckets. He, he knew he wasn't going to be able to beat me. It wasn't about that. And I felt a sense of responsibility to give someone of, of, I don't know. I'm, I'm. My dad always raised me like to respect my elders. That was something he always told me. It was respect your elders, respect your elders. And when it, he told me like whenever an old person talks, always listen, always listen. Because he, he didn't like that we were raised in a society where we kind of just like we we didn't listen. We don't listen to old people in our society because we think they don't know anything. We think they don't know shit. And as soon as they start talking, we just tune them out because maybe they're a little slower or maybe they're a little harder to understand or maybe just their mere presence like makes you question your own mortality. <sighs> Which are all good things for you, you know. Um, if you can, you know, play the game a little bit and just like, you know, not think about yourself so much. Maybe. Shame on you. <laughs> Uh, so I think part of him, he wanted to just see me play up close and all, you know, and I, I felt like I owed it to him to give him my best and not treat him like, you know, some sort of asshole by like taking it easy on him or like, even it, even if there was no way in hell he would be, be able to beat me. 
So I annihilated him the first two times, and he we we went to play a third game, and he he wasn't shook at all by the fact I was just beating him. You know, for all I knew, he was just happy to have the the company, and he got, he came up to me, and he's like he's like uh, he's like I started coming here because they closed down the the senior center. Um, he's like I usually play pool in the senior center. They closed down the rec room because of COVID. So he, there we are, like talking mask to mask, and and uh, he's like, so um, he's like, here I am. I'm sh- so I'm shooting here. The guy just loves to shoot. He's shot all his life. He went on to tell me that he he had Parkinson's and severe arthritis and so he's not able to formulate a bridge hand anymore the bridge hand being the the hand in which you put the stick through when you're shooting pool you know like that the hand where you hold the front of the stick um and every time he got down on a shot he shook he just shook like a leaf he shook so hard and a lot of the time when he went to go make the shot it was wily he would hit it and it screwball off, you know, and and not even close to where he was trying to get it. And um, that really like hit me hard, like not not like I was sad or anything like that. What it made me it made me really relish in my own ability to hit a ball in and. Like, like it never dawned on me until playing him that one day I won't be able to shoot pool. I always just assumed I'll be able to shoot pool. But he, here he is. He's telling me he's 80. He's 80 years old with Parkinson's and severe arthritis. And he came to the pool hall on campus to shoot because they closed the, the senior center's pool room. Which is insane to me. But I know that's going to be me when I'm 80, probably. And he, this guy, I could tell, I could tell he used to be a shooter. He used to shoot like a madman, probably. He still has the will to want to run the table. He still has that in him. At 80. <sighs> but it's like, I love playing, a, uh, I love playing anybody and everybody I can because everybody will teach you something different whether it's a shot the most experienced players I play they do their talking on the table and they'll show me the only conversation we'll have is is I ask them how they took a certain shot and they'll explain it like that's how I learned the 90 degree rule recently which I won't even go into it's a whole thing it's a visual thing and I doubt I can articulate it well enough even though my words are good Everyone says my words are good. Sufficient. Sufficient enough. But um, most experienced players I know would teach me new shots. Inexperienced players I know would teach me how to have fun while I play the game. Because nobody has fun playing the game like the amateur. Or the person who's shooting for the first time. And sometimes they do something accidental. I learned this from Efren Ray's. Efren Reyes is like the the Michael Jordan of pool, of of nine ball, eight ball, one pocket, straight pool, I believe. And he's a beast, and he's, he's he wants 
somebody quoted him as saying like he's like i like watching i like watching amateur shooters because they take these impossible shots and every now and then they'll make them but they do it so they do it accidentally so he would watch how they would accidentally hit something and see if he could duplicate it if like they fluked a shot he would he would watch how they fluked the shot real carefully and 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 uh practice that and add that into his repertoire it's a fantastic player it's called the magician Efren Rays <sighs> but like you know like amateurs teach you the fun of the game but I that that was a lesson I'd never learned before with what I learned from playing with that gentleman is that how 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 something you love to do so much can not be taken away from you but definitely be made unachievable like and it's you know I don't really know what his goals as far as his pool playing went he might he might just play for fun or whatever but like I know me like like I play hyper competitively if I'm interested sometimes I'm just not interested Sometimes, if I'm uninterested, then I suck on the pool table. But it's like I don't care that I suck. You know, like I know that I, I'm I'm actively like sucking. I'm just playing at a lesser extent. And you know, people who play with me competitive, they're like, "What's going on with you? Why do you suck?" You know, they're like, "Why do you suck?" And I'm just like, "Eh, I just don't feel like winning right now." But when I feel like winning, I win. When I want to win, I win. <laughs> but right now, I don't. But I still enjoy rolling the balls around. I bat them around like a cat does to a dead mouse. <sighs> but yeah, that dude, like, that really hit me hard. That was like two days ago that happened. Two days ago. And, it's, and uh, you know, 80 years old, COVID. You know, he, risking COVID at 80. He's got Parkinson's. If anyone gets COVID, it's, if anyone kills, if, if COVID kills anyone, it's this guy. You know what? And then, like, when he left, he still put his fist out to fist bump me. What am I supposed to do? He's 80. He wants the fist bump. I fucking gave him the fist bump. But I definitely sanitized. I sanitized properly, often. I had the fucking... Uh, I had the hand sanitizer every second. Made sure I wore my mask up. I saw him again in the pool hall last night. And it was much more packed. But he brought a friend this time. He had an older fellow with him. So I went and said hey to those guys. I played on like four different tables with four different drastically different crowds. I played one. Oh man, are we still talking about pool? <laughs> See, this is why I can't do them alone. I can't. This is why you need adult supervision. Oh man. Uh, moving on. Next bullet point. That's right, I have bullet points. I'm very, uh, see, hear this? It's called organization. Got it. Uh, especially when I was smoking the schmutz earlier. God forbid. Uh, I, I don't know why, but asking someone out is very intimidating to me. I used to be able to ask people out, like, no problem. But I don't know, I think, I'm wondering if I'm getting too picky, or like, I don't know, but it's like... It's so 
funny how I've never gotten used to asking someone out. Um, but I did, I did used to be more comfortable with it. I think, but I think it was because I was drunk all the time. That's what makes you comfortable with it. Like, hey, baby, what's up? You know, no, I didn't. I never said that. I was much more smoother than that. Um, but I recently gave my phone number to someone. I know already it's bad. I gave my phone number to somebody, but this is supposed to be like a brave new world of equality and stuff, right? So I recently gave my number to someone and I'm not attracted to a lot of people. Like I think there's a lot of uh, rumors out there about me or maybe I should say uh, inferences. Is that how you say it? People think I just like hump anything that moves. Um, Not true, untrue. Uh, I'm I'm not attracted to a lot of people. Like a lot of things have to add up for me to be attractive and I don't think that it's me being picky, but maybe it is, it could be that. But I feel like if I'm, if I, I have to be really struck with somebody to be moved to ask them out. You know, I have to, it doesn't happen like a lot. I think it's only happened maybe, what, seven times, seven times maybe? Like, like sure, I've asked for like people's numbers, but like it's usually in an effort to just get to know them better. You know, it's like I, I still wouldn't ask them out, you know. Uh, so there's a very intense screening process <laughs> that people, you know, well, anyway, moving on. So, like, I've only, like, maybe officially asked somebody out, like, maybe, I would say 10 times in my life. I don't know if that's a lot or a little. Um, but there are a lot of, like, weird happenings in between those 10. Okay, you get it. It's romance. It's meant to be weird. It's meant to be. It's it's love. It's attraction, baby. Yeah, that's right. Now's the time to open the wine bottle. Open the wine bottle. Get the cavassier out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, I recently gave my number to somebody, and I was like, "Hey, like, I think you're cool. I think you're smart. Oh God." No, mate. I'm breaking the rules. <laughs> I'm breaking the rules. <sighs> I'm so breaking the rules. But anyway, the it's weird how you always get that feeling of anxiety. Like like when it like me me doing that, I felt like a kid in high school all over again, and that's the feeling it always feels like. And I think it's like this real nerve wracking kind of like. I don't know what to call it. It's uh it's like it's like being stabbed with love. <laughs> no what? Maybe that's why they call it Cupid's arrow. Uh but no, it's like it's like this your anxiety peaks, but you're trying to act cool and you're really attracted to this person and you're trying not to come off like a doof, but in your heart you know you're a doof and you're like, I'm gonna doof this up somehow. And you do the whole thing where you like this is what I do anyway. <laughs> I, you know, you rehearse like before you go talk to the person. You like run all these scenarios in here. Like, oh, what if this happens? What if this happens? You know, like I gotta, I have to have a plan, a plan B in case this happens. <laughs> um, yeah, and just try and like me being a dude. Look, I like I look like a creepy dude. That's something I have to deal with. Hmm. I'm out of water. Someone bring me water. 
Oh, it's not a live show. But like, like, like I look like a creepy dude. I know I do. I'm like six three, like a workout. But like, you know, I got, you know, I have. A, there's this whole vibe to me that I can understand why someone would be creeped out. It looks like Tim Burton, like engineered me. <laughs> like it looks like, uh, or Depeche Mode. Like, like it's somewhere between Tim Burton inventing me and Depeche Mode inventing me. Like it was like a collaborative project and a uh, full-on white dude. I think of like British, Irish, and Scandinavian. That's probably where the height comes from. But I know I'm creepy, so that's in the back of your head when you're asking somebody out. You're like, oh man, like how do I say this not sound creepy? Like you hear my voice, you hear how I talk. How does this not sound creepy? <laughs> and that's a that's a self-analysis, you know. Like, <laughs> like I'm creepy. I know I'm creepy. I don't need you to tell me. I have friends who tell me I'm creepy all the time. They're probably right, okay? I'm I'm gonna live with it. <laughs> you don't have to live with it, but I'm gonna have to continue to live with it. So that's like running your head like, oh, like, oh, I don't wanna creep this person out. I hope I don't creep them out. Because like, I've done, I've, I've done so much weird stuff by now that, that, you know. <laughs> this isn't about the gentlemen's clubs, guys. It's not, I swear it's not. Don't think that. That's not what tarnished me. Like, I'm just, I'm just trying to be a better me. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. I think, we're, and if you're a piece of, if you're a piece of shit, you should try being a better you too. Uh, <laughs> you'll know because a lot of people will tell you and then never talk to you again, <laughs> or or they won't talk to you for a very long time. <laughs> but uh sometimes well sometimes sometimes that's true sometimes it's not sometimes people are just toxic and and you do have to get them out of your life you know uh especially when you're dancing on the edge if you're dancing on the edge you gotta be careful so it's just like you know romance I think has always been a little little tricky for me maybe it's tricky for most people but i don't know some people have no problems like that's what makes me think i just need to shut up and be alone for a while but man if an opportunity comes my way for like something cool like i'm definitely not gonna say no i don't know what the hell's going on with me i started this off talking about the beauty of being alone and now look where i am talking about romance and love and that accent keeps coming out. See, I need someone here to keep me from doing accents. That's exactly what I need. All right, guys. Um, well, www.electrictrashradio. Thank you for joining me. It was a very nice talking to you. Very nice time, I want to say.
ガキ時にはババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババババ